When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live Podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome in, everybody, to another Auburn Live show. I am Justin Hokinson from AuburnLive.com, part of On3 Sports. I appreciate everybody joining us. If you're not a member, please go uh, join our community at auburnlive.com. Support what we are doing. It's blown up the last five months, I guess, since we launched. Um, So we're having a lot of fun with it. Um, So if you're a member, auburnlive.com, there's a seven-day free trial. So make sure that that you're a part of that um, because it's exciting times um, for Auburn athletics, which it always is um, with Auburn. Um, All right, let uh, let me welcome in our guest. Uh, very special guest. I'm pumped to have her. Um, you might recognize her last name, uh, Jackie Pearl. Jackie, how are you? I'm good, Justin. How are you? I am good. I'm I'm pumped that you're on. Like, so people are probably like, what? So I I just I followed you on Twitter for a while. I've gone to games, you know, for years. I've lived here for ten years. Obviously, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm an Auburn you know guy. I've gone to basketball games, and now I'm back covering the team, which I used to do. I actually covered when Bruce was hired. I was yeah. I was in the industry, then got out of the industry and just went to games for fun. And then now I'm back doing it. But I've always paid attention to you. And I just think your perspective and how vocal you are is pretty cool and unique. And I thought, man, she needs to come on the show. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions. Yes, which I love. <laughs> so um, let's, let's try to think where to start. I guess start there. Like, you, you know, I. I think family members, I guess, of, of coaches, maybe it's, maybe I don't see them all, but it seems like it's somewhat rare for them to be super vocal because, you know, their dad's the coach. If they say something, maybe their dad has to answer for it, you know, or who knows what it is, but like, what have you always been just super outspoken, whether it's on social media or at games or like, have you always just sort of been, Hey, this is who I am. And I'm going to be number one fan. Yeah. I mean, I think, from a social media perspective, honestly, I didn't join Twitter until dad got out of coaching. Um, and you know, I think for a lot of different reasons, but one of the main ones is that I have a hard time, um, keeping my mouth shut. Um, when I see people say negative things, which, you know, I think any kid with any parent that you love, that's always going to be a difficult thing. Right. But you mitigate the fact that he is, a public figure and, and that kind of comes with the territory. So I stayed completely away from it until he was done coaching. Um, and I remember we lost to Michigan, um, at Tennessee in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And we kind of knew that he was, he was done at Tennessee at that point. And actually at a restaurant immediately after, uh, I joined Twitter. Um, And I was really a spectator for a long, long time. And interestingly enough that we're doing this today, it was actually um, the Calipari girls, his two daughters. I saw how they sort of interacted with 
fans on Twitter um, and they were witty, they were smart about it. They kind of made it um, a little bit of a joke in a place where it could be confrontational. And I kind of dug that about how they approached it. Um, and I am, you asked about me just in general, I, I do have a tendency to, um, you know, say what comes to mind or, or, um, say anything that, that pops into my head sometimes. And so I just thought that was kind of a really cool way to address it and know that, that someone close to that person can see it. Um, but also try to make a little bit light of it. Um, in what could be kind of a negative, a negative interaction. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is it's all just kind of, I think worked out like how Auburn Twitter this season has taken off and it's kind of, I think it, it's like perfect. Cause I think, you know, you're, you're outspoken, but I think with the current kind of climate of Auburn Twitter and especially the basketball follower followers uh, on Twitter, it's you're 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 fine like you know it's, it's like it, they're they're you know they're witty and kind of a you know it's just so it's I, I think it's a it's it's sort of the Auburn fan base including you has sort of taken it to a a fun a fun level this year as, as somebody who reports on it and following it it's been funny to sort of watch and see and follow the commentary it gives me a good idea of like the pulse of kind of how fans are thinking and stuff and that's why I like following you so all right so he gets out of coaching, you know, Bruce gets out of coaching. You joined Twitter. Um, take me back to when he was hired at Auburn. I, I don't remember the exact details, but I mean, I, I'm, I think, did, did he get y'all together and say, Hey, I have this opportunity. What do y'all think? I mean, y'all are a close family and I know that. And um, what was that like when, 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 when he's like, Hey, I got a shot to get back in it at Auburn, which at the time, I mean, Auburn basketball yeah. has, has been so, so you know, dismal. But what, take me back to that time. Like, what do you remember? Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, um, and I say this with no disrespect, we didn't have any clue of the of the history of of Auburn basketball. You know, when we were at Tennessee, they were in the West. It was when the West and the East were yeah. like the thing, and and you know, we played them once a year, but like didn't think anything of that opponent really, unless they beat us. And then I was like, oh, we just lost to Auburn. Um, you know, and I think during that time, dad wasn't coaching. He might've been one of the only ones who didn't think he would get back into it. Um, I think the rest of us really thought, you know, sit out the show cause, go, go do your thing, selling, you know, bags of chips at grocery stores and, and convenience stores with HT Hackney, do what you need to do in the meantime, be on ESPN. But I think my siblings and I, all had this idea that he was going to come back at some point. He was, he wasn't done. Um, and so kind of, I can remember he was still living in Knoxville at the time, getting a phone call saying, Hey, um, this opportunity has come up and we're going to make this decision as a family and we're going to talk through it. And so we went over to his house, all of my siblings and I, um, Steven and my sister still lived in Knoxville um, actually my sister was in Cincinnati, but she was in town. So like, you know, we, uh, all went over to the house and had like a real sit down conversation about it. Talked about, you know, pros, cons, the good, the bad, some of the ugly that was going to come with it. Um, and he had our unconditional support to jump back in both feet, um, 
because we've seen what he's been able to do at programs like Tennessee that were heavily a football school in the SEC and make it into a program that people really cared about and were invested in. And, and we thought he deserved the opportunity to do that someplace else. And so, you know, we had Jay Jacobs, we had David Benedict, who was here. They both came up, met them. And my first impression of those guys was just, these are really good hearted people who I knew um, would take care of him and protect him in a way that maybe we hadn't seen before um, and felt really comfortable with the fact that he was going to go work for these guys. Um, and so I immediately, when the handshake happened and the hugs, we were drinking a beer, having some pizza. And um, I immediately ran to Belk to try to find the most um, orange and blue tie combinations that I could find so that when he got off the plane or was doing his press conferences, that he had the yeah. correct tie attire on. Um, and we were on a plane the next day. That's so crazy. I mean, I was, I, I, I was on the tarmac when he landed and, and I was videoing and I remember him getting off. I remember him going, you know, take div diverting and going a beeline straight for the fans and the students. I was right there. Uh, and it was amazing. I mean, his personality and his excitement was, I mean, I told somebody not to, you don't have to comment on this, but I can, um, <laughs> You know the the previous coach at, at Auburn, um, Tony Barbie. The, the the lack of the lack of connection with the Auburn community was like, yeah. and and I told somebody I'm like Bruce Pearl literally f f just from walking to the plane, doing what he did, where he's jumping and he's telling everybody that connection was was more than anything that I had seen at Auburn like it in, in years. Like that one moment was better than anything I had seen, and so uh, I just remember that so so vividly so like fast forward till now so think about how far we've come could, could you ever imagined um the, not not the success because you probably could but the the um just the way the community has embraced bruce your family um i mean he is i'm just telling you like i deal with it on the fan side we you know we're a fan site like love love him like he can do no wrong i mean they will i mean it is the, the 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 appreciation they have for him the way he uplifts auburn as a whole um is unbelievable i mean can you could you imagine how how it's turned about i guess what are we like eight years later eight or nine years later yeah i mean you know i think you always hope when you come into uh, new situations um new jobs new facilities new fan bases that you hope that they're gonna love him as much as we do. Um, and as much as we feel he deserves to be loved, of course. Um, and it's exceeded every expectation I think we could have had from the jump. Um, you know, Knoxville in itself is a pretty big place compared to Auburn. And so you were still a, a big fish, but in a bigger pond. Um, and basketball at the time wasn't the monster that UT football was. So, you know, there was a little bit of an ease in here, um, but the Auburn community being smaller, uh, more intimate, and I, you know, I've never seen a fan base go harder for their guys um, than Auburn fans do, and it's great. It's great. I, I, I don't know that any of us could have expected um, the unconditional support that he's received from everyone at Auburn administration, coaching staff 
um, and fan base. It's been it's been great. Um, yeah, it's been it's, it's incredible. Of course, we're recording this a couple of days out from um, and it just sort of worked out this way. I mean, I, I reached out to you and I wanted to have you on the show before I knew that Auburn was about to play the biggest home game in the history of their of their arena. Really, it's the biggest home game in Auburn basketball history period um and probably the biggest regular season game they've they've played in i mean it's just the 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 auburn kentucky both teams ranked in the top 12 um you know whoever wins this game has got a great shot of winning the the sec regular season championship um and so it just kind of worked out that way that we're, we're talking before this massive um massive game that'll be on cbs and seen by millions of people um what, what what do you remember about the um the final four run I mean, because that still to this day for Auburn fans is like, so we, we actually went to the final four. Like we did that. Right. Um, it's just, it's still surreal to me. I mean, there's times, I mean, just the thought of Auburn in the final four to this day is, is, is hard to fathom that that happened. What do you remember about that run and huge for, that's the crazy thing. It wasn't just big for Auburn. You know, Bruce had never been to a final four. That was huge milestone. He had done a lot in his career. That was a milestone for him and Auburn at the same time. Like, what do you remember about that run? Yeah, I was just going to say that's one thing that that everyone needs to remember. It wasn't just historic for Auburn. It was historic for us, yeah. too. You know, we had been to the Final Four as spectators, you know, sitting there with a cocktail in your hand, watching a game, not really caring who won or lost, just wanting to see a good basketball game. Um, and, you know, coaches go for work every year. So it's um, it was a historic run for our family as well um you know i think what i remember is you know first winning the sec tournament um in nashville and going back to the hotel on cloud nine wearing sec championship hats thinking like we are going to get seated in the best um the best most favorable bracket and go to a close location and and all of these things, we just won the SEC and then we get a five seed and we're going to Salt Lake City, you know, to play a team that maybe out of the entire field was going to be one of the toughest matchups yeah. for us. You know, looking down the road and you see Kansas and Kansas as a four seed had a down year, um, even farther along, you've got the one seed in North Carolina after that. And you're like, okay, well, I guess we, we just go back to work and we see how the heck we're all going to get to Salt Lake City, Utah, um, and, and just go out there and do our thing. And um, I remember being very anxious about that first game in particular. I said, just get the first one's the hardest to get in any no. tournament scenario, right? You got to get the, get those jitters out and get used to the new arena that you're playing in. And, um, you know, and you're playing in Salt Lake City in the mountains, so altitude could be a factor for, you know, who knows? There's a whole lot of variables that that you're taking into that game. And, you know, thank God, I remember watching that corner three grow up, go up um, from New Mexico State, and it looked good from where I was sitting. <laughs> and luckily it went about two feet past the rim, um, and we, we eked that one out and um, on to Kansas. And then you know, of course, hand Kansas a big loss, on to North Carolina, North Carolina a big loss. Um, but losing Chuma was 
you know, I mean, it's, it's, you want to be so happy. You're going to the elite eight for like the second time in Auburn history. Um, we had been there once before. So, you know, like, that's cool. We're getting to do that a second time, but you lose Chuma who, um, was just such a vital part of the entire season. And you think Mm -hmm. now we've got this monster ahead of us, Kentucky, who was arguably, um, one of the top three or four teams in the entire tournament, the way that they were playing. And, you know, it was, it seemed insurmountable, um, and all odds stacked against us. And then, you know, you remember, well, that feels like that's how it's always been, right? Like, being the underdog is great. I'd love if we popped up a four point dog on Saturday because I, you know, being the underdog is, is what makes a great story. So, you know, going into that game, we had family around us. We always, our family travels pretty well for basketball tournaments, you know, so we had folks from Boston who were there. We had folks from Florida. We had folks from the DC area, uh, Texas, you know, all of our family, our immediate family was there. And so, you know, you look around and you're just like, you know what, if we don't get this one, we don't get it. Came a long way, historic season. We're without Chuma. It just, you know, whatever happens, happens. And then, you know, you go into overtime with Kentucky to go to the final four. And it's just like, it, uh, there's, there are no words. There are just no words for, um, just what a cool experience it was as a, as a fan, um, as a family member, um, you know, but then you think about the guys on the team who spent their entire lives working for that moment and, and what an awesome thing for them to get to experience too. So it was was a wild ride. (laughs) It was. And you're right about that first game. That was, you know, and Bruce talked about it. He's like, you just got to get past the first game. And that's basically what happened. They played well. And then, you know, it was tight enough that in the end it got, you know, that I think they got, it got tighter than they wanted it to. And, but once Mm -hmm. they got past that, I mean, just the, it was like a a weight off their shoulders and uh, they blitzed Kansas and then to beat North Carolina the way they did. I mean, North Carolina and Kentucky both that year, were fantastic. Those were, those were fantastic North Carolina, Kentucky teams. No doubt. And for Auburn to do that without Shima was even more incredible. Um, I, I remember when they beat Kentucky, I'm watching that game. I went to Salt Lake city, which was such a fun trip. We walked, we, 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 we watched the game. I think it was mm-hmm. Thursday. We skied Friday. Yep. And then, and then we went to the game Saturday. So like, it was, it was a freaking awesome trip. Um, and I remember being in the arena Saturday when, when Auburn lighting up Kansas and I'm looking around like at the Kansas fans and they're like, what? I mean, they're just the confusion of like, what is happening? Like Auburn is running us out of the gym. What is going on? It was, it was, right. it was funny to watch. Um, but I remember that Kentucky game I'm at home watching and, and my wife is, is sitting on the couch and they won the game. And I, it was so, it was so surreal that I looked at her. And I'm like, I'm not going to say it, but I'm like, they, they effing did it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, they're going to the final four. Like, I, I don't even, like, it was, it was like no reaction. It was hard to even have a reaction. It was so unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you guys felt the way, you know, what was funny. One of my, one of my memories of you, which I know how many times did, did people bring this up of the sec championship game um, against Tennessee when you're on TV? You oh. know, I know you've seen that. Endlessly. Endlessly. <laughs> remember, remember I, li- I live in Knoxville. I live in Knoxville. I graduated from the university of Tennessee. So I, I had, friends in the stands, all of my friends from UT were watching that game. And I was getting text after text, like 
you are a psychopath. Like sit down. <laughs> like, no, you're not going to make me sit. I can't, I will not. Oh, I remember it vividly because I've, because I've watched the replays of that game so many times. And I, I think it was the Jared missing the layup, giving up the layup, dishing it to Bryce, hits right. the three and they go to you yeah. and you know, you are losing it like every other Auburn fan. And it, uh, yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, that was, that game was, was incredible. Um, and I'm sure odd, like, how has it been playing Tennessee? So you went to Tennessee, obviously Bruce coached there and Auburn has owned them six times in a row, including some big games yeah. that kept Tennessee yeah. out of championships. Has that been, has it been awkward at all or? Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been awkward. I mean, I think, you know, as a, individual you want to have love for your alma mater right like you want you want them to do well i live in knoxville i work for a nonprofit and in fundraising i work closely with the university of tennessee in my job and so you know it's it's hard to for some people i think they think it should be hard for me to decide who to cheer for in those scenarios <laughs> And for me, I'm like, you guys have to, like my relationships with universities are who we work for at the time. You know, I didn't grow up with a favorite team because my dad went, you know, dad went to BC. I didn't grow up a BC fan. I grew up a Iowa Hawkeye. I grew up a Southern Indiana Screaming Eagle, a Milwaukee Panther. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up with those feelings of affinity toward any university other than who we were working for at the time. And so when he gets a new job or had gotten a new job, you know, it, it, you just kind of switch. You want to see them do well because it means the legacy that you built continues and it was sustained. Um, but it <laughs> not hard for me at all to cheer for Auburn over Tennessee in any, in any scenario. Um, yeah, and, and they'll play again at the end of this year uh, up in Knoxville, which which will probably be an important game again. Um, it will be. How special has it been um, watching Stephen now and 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 Bruce do this together? Because um, I mean, I think Stephen's really embraced his his role on the staff and is doing a great job. And um, they're different but similar. I've noticed. Um, in I mean, there's differences, but 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 boy, on the court, like when the game's going on. The ref's going to hear two pearls probably <laughs> chewing them out at times. But how, how has it been watching that sort of aspect of it? your brother being involved? And you're like, man, I mean, it's cool enough to root on your dad and be a part of that. But it's, it's I mean, it's like even cooler to have your brother a part of it, too. And that relationship they have to be able to coach together is pretty is pretty neat to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's um, we're a tight family, like you said earlier. So, I mean, it's it's great to have everybody number one in the same place. So, you know, when I go visit, I get to see Steven and Brittany, his fiance. I get to see my youngest brother, Michael, who lives in Auburn with them. Um, my sister lives in Atlanta, so not too far away. So anytime I go to Auburn, it's like a family, family reunion. It's family time. Um, you know, and one thing that I always laugh when I tell people, cause it's hard to believe now, but dad and Steven's player coach relationship was not good. Like we, I was like, Steven, are you sure you want to be a walk-on for him anymore? Because they just, they butt heads and then they bring it home and it's, it's, it festers, you know? So we, 
at least me, I'll speak for myself for a while was like, I don't know that this is the best situation for the two of you. Um, but if you can make it work, great. And, you know, so going into a boss, you know, employee relationship, really, I was like, what is this dynamic going to look like? Cause now like money's actually on the line and you've yeah. got to win to succeed. Um, and you know, it's been an incredible, an incredible experience to watch the two of them. Not only has Steven grown as a man, um, but he's one heck of a coach too. And not that that should be surprising to anybody, but, um, the way he just took the reins and, and, you know, led, um, in times that it's not easy to lead to, be a support for the players because he knows how they feel, um, especially to be coached by BP, you know, um, but to watch their relationship get stronger and better and, you know, them learning from each other. I think dad will tell you um, very easily that he learns as much from his assistant coaches as they could learn from him. And, and, you you saw it during those two games that that dad had to sit out just watching the bench not necessarily Wes or Steven as the you know interim head coach for that game but just watching the entire bench and how they worked together and fed off of each other and Burgo would talk to Chad who would talk to Ira who would talk to Wes and then to Steven and then when Wes was coaching all of them collaboratively together it was just it was one of the cooler um, collaborative coaching experiences that I've ever seen. Um, I mean, especially cause all eyes are typically on the head coach and those guys had an opportunity to step in and, and we saw no drop off, which, um, is one, a testament to the team itself and those kids, but, but to the coaches also that it was, it was just another day in the gym. Yeah, it's one of the things that I love about um, when I go to when I have an opportunity to go to practice and and, and watch um, is is how that staff works and how how Bruce allows his assistants to be a part. Um, you know, if they I mean they, at any point they can jump in and it doesn't matter. You know, it, Bruce kind of runs it, but at any point if they need to add something or whatever, I mean it's do it. It's it's very um, I think it's very uh, it's encouraging. Um, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. I'm, it's lost me, but he gives them great opportunities to to do that and and to be uh you know voice their opinions and, and stuff like that. And so um, it's fun to watch. It's also fun to watch him uh, call Stephen Coach Pearl. Um, and, <laughs> well, uh, and then for Stephen to call him BP, it's kind yeah. of like a mind meld issue. Yeah. I'm like, wait, now I call him BP. I'm like, wait, no, Dad. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like Ira West, Chad, Coach Pearl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what do you make of this team? Like, here we are again with Auburn making a, a run. Um, and I hate it for that team two years ago that, that got robbed of an opportunity in um, the NCAA tournament because of COVID with Samir and Isaac uh, and, and Anthony and, and those guys. Um, but I mean, this team, you know, pretty complete team. Obviously, I think it's the best start in, of Bruce's career 17 and one. He was 16 and two at Tennessee once 16 and one 16 and two, but I mean, it might be the best start of his career could be number one if they can beat Kentucky, which he's done once before at Tennessee. But what do you make about this team? And, and here they are making this run again. Um, how has it been sort of watching and coming to games and, and talking to your dad about what this team can maybe accomplish? Yeah. I mean, 
you know, it's every year you go in and, you know, one as a, as a, now that I've grown up a little bit and I'm not in college with the guys anymore, we're not living in the same town anymore. You know, for me, it's first learning who everybody is. And this year we had a ton of new guys come in. Um, and so it's learning who they are, first of all, um, what numbers, who, and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, the, this team, and I, I've said to many people early on, um, feels like his most complete team that I can remember him having. I mean, I think his Elite Eight team with Tennessee was was right there, um, you know, but I think we didn't have, at Tennessee, we didn't have a 5'10 point guard, you know, who could just do crazy things. We, you know, we didn't have a, a seven-foot center who was blocking 20% of the shots that get put in front of them. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Um, and, you know, I think watching this team, I don't have any less anxiety because that is just who I am as a person. We were up by 25 yesterday and I'm still screaming at my television. Yeah. Um, you know, but you look at it and it seems like all the pieces are there, but not only are all the pieces there, but they have great chemistry they trust one another. Uh, you know, you get down by 14 at Ole Miss on the road and a lot of teams, especially young teams would have completely fallen apart. Um, and it's a real testament to those guys to, um, you know, settle in and grind back and come out of there with a win. And, you know, I see a lot of that in every single game. I don't know that there's been a game where we've played our best the whole time. And that, for me is an exciting thing to look for. Um, it'd be great if it happened on Saturday, but <laughs> might need, um, might need to. it might need to, you're right. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the more that I see and hear from Wendell, the more he has like jumped into my top five of guys that has ever played for dad, quite, quite honestly, you know, when he um, tweeted the other day, when the rankings came out and said, I'd rather be number one in April. I'm yeah. like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the exact right attitude to have. And, you know, just the way how composed he is on the floor, he makes the right choices. Um, you know, I, I don't want to continue for people to compare him to Jared Harper, but that trust, I think that you have to have in your point guard. I think we have that in both Zep and, and when, um, and then, you know, I continue to be amazed by Jabari. Sometimes, you know, he'll take a shot and I'm just like, God, he's good. Like, <laughs> it, you know, like he'll, he'll just take a turnaround jumper in traffic. And I'm like, God, you're, you're are good at yeah. basketball. You're a pro now. Um, it's crazy, yeah. you know? And then of course, Walker just doing what he does. And, and if he's not blocking shots, he's affecting shots. Um, and it, it's, an exciting team to watch. Um, and we'll see. I mean, I, I hesitate to <laughs> be too optimistic about it. Um, I'm a superstitious person, so I don't like to put too much out there that can come back, but, um, it's, it's a really fun group of guys to watch. And, you know, even if we lose one or even two to a draft situation, um, there's a lot that's going to stick around. That's going to continue to be fun for, for us to watch for a while. So it's, it's a good time to be an Auburn tiger. Oh, it's the best time to be an Auburn <laughs> basketball fan. There's never been a better time. Um, 
yeah, the, what amazes me is the chemistry, the way, the, the culture that he's built. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm around it more probably in the last handful of years than maybe his first couple of years here, but the culture he's built, um, of, of unselfishness is pretty remarkable. I mean, to have guys that come in and, and I wrote a story about it the other day. I mean, you can go back and look at the past few years I mean, whether it's Deshaun Murray or Malik Dunbar, Samir Dowdy, Javon McCormick, the transfers that come in and just fit right in. I mean, he is, he's, I mean, there's been very few transfers that have come in and not um, fit their role and been successful and helped Auburn win basketball games. That's what kind of is a been amazing to me is, Hey, you're coming in, I'm playing nine or 10 guys and guys just buy in and it helps that he has the wins to back it up. Hey, look, I promise you will win. Right. But uh, that's always amazing to me is the, the unselfishness of, of the, of the, the, especially the last four or five years of Auburn teams when guys are playing minutes, but it doesn't matter. Um, it, it was he like that. I mean, at Tennessee, I know he played a lot of guys, but have you, what about him, I guess, makes it where he can create that culture where players are cool with, cool with that. I mean, how do you think he accomplishes that? Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's team, not me, right? Like I, as someone used that several years ago, but it's, it's team, not me and, and next man up. And um, I, dad says it all the time. My five might not be your five, but my 10 will beat your 10. Um, and I think, you want guys to come in who care about winning, period, no matter how we get there. And I think this team is a great example of that, especially you've got Jabari Smith, who is, you know, arguably the best college basketball player in the country, um, obvious contender for number one pick in the draft. And he's not playing 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, he can come out and sit on the bench and, and we don't lose momentum when he's on the bench. Um, and, and I think for him, it's nice that you don't have to go and just gas out and we're not only relying on you. Like, will there be a time that Jabari needs to make a big shot and a big moment? 100% every great basketball player has that moment in their career, but you've got five guys on the floor who are capable of making those big shots. Um, and so, you know, I think dad's mindset really is we're going to, you're going to come here to win and, and you're going to get yours and, you know, someone else is going to get his, but we're going to get it together. And I think he's, he's really um, throughout his career, been very focused on, on that mindset. And I really think that's how he's managed to be so successful. You don't, you don't, it's great to get five stars. Yeah. It's great to get those highly ranked kids. You, you most of the time can't win without them. Um, but to build a strong foundation around them that doesn't rely on that one guy or one or two guys to do everything is it's how you win basketball games. Um, and I just think he's done a really great job throughout his whole career of recruiting guys around his best players that are going to compliment them who are, are good with the role that they're playing, knowing, you know, they run a lot of sets and they talked about it on the broadcast last night. They run a lot of sets for a lot of different guys. And so, you know, it's uh, it's what makes them dangerous when they've got guys in all four play four or five play call spots that that can make a bucket. And so he uh, he does a good job of distributing the basketball to the people that that need to have it in their hands. Yeah. Um, all right. Auburn, Kentucky. So you're not going to make it right No. 
<laughs> oh, how much does that kill you? It literally is eating. I, I said to somebody the other day, I'm going to quit my job for like <laughs> three days, come to Auburn and then come back on Monday and be like, just kidding. I changed my mind. Please take me back. Um, and it, it kills me. It really, really does. But you know, there, it's the part that kind of stinks about being an adult with a job and a life that's five hours away from where all of this is taking place. Um, you know, but I know how much the jungle and the Auburn faithful are going to have that place rocking. Y'all wouldn't be able to hear me anyway. And I would scream myself hoarse trying to be heard. Um, and so I am dying on the inside to not be there. Um, but it is an exciting weekend to be in Auburn. It's an exciting game to be played on the prime spot on CBS on a Saturday when there will be playoff that football happening later on in the day. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the game of the week and, um, it'll be, it'll be exciting to see what happens. Yeah. If it's a close game, which I would anticipate it probably will be, um, the, the audience probably in the second half before people are tending into, uh, to the Bengals and the Titans is, it's mm-hmm. going to be big. Um, it's going to be, that's great for all. Everybody knows Kentucky. That's just great for Auburn. Oh, it's a huge win for Auburn in and of itself. Um, yep. Hey, all right. So I want to ask you this before we get out of here and yep. you can be as politically correct <laughs> as you want to be. Okay. Um, Cause I'm kind of putting you on the spot. All right. And we, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. So you've got, I mean, Bruce's success at Auburn has been awesome. And you have, you know, recently you have a job like Maryland that comes up. Great, great tradition in basketball. Louisville is, there's talks that they may get rid of their coach. Obviously, great tradition in basketball. And whether it's those two or somebody else that comes along that has a, you know, quote unquote, better tradition um, of basketball or history of basketball than what Auburn's done over, let's say, 50 years, Auburn fans immediately are like, oh, no, we, they think in football terms, well, that's a better job. You know, he's going to go. He's just going to go take the money. And hit. What do you think about where, where Bruce stands with Auburn? Like, I have my own thoughts. You know, I, I think he appreciates what Auburn d- has done for him. I, I think that, you know, he's established, right, like instead of starting over. But what do you, what do you think if somewhere, somebody were to come along and say, Bruce, we want you, you think, you think he's entrenched enough at Auburn? Uh, to go? You think this is where he wants to retire? I mean, I'll say this. I think it's always, I look at it and I hope some fans are able to look at it as um, a positive thing that you've got major basketball programs with with major traditions, long histories of winning coming after your coach. Um, But remember, he's your coach. And he is not focused on anything else except getting his team to be in the best position they can to get a win um, whenever that moment comes. He loves Auburn. We all love Auburn. Um, you know, my, my brother and his fiance own a home in Auburn. She left Nashville to be there with him. Um, you know, my car has basically memorized the drive down 75, 285, 85 into Auburn off Bent Creek Drive. So I, you know, it's, um, Auburn is a place that um, we all love. It is a place that has stamped itself on all of our hearts um, and will continue. We have, we have a lake house at Lake Martin. It's a place that our family is going to come 
um, for as long as there are any pearls walking this earth. And so, um, you know, I can, I can say that, that he is a diehard Auburn guy. Um, there is nobody who, who, um, speaks higher of Auburn than him. And he is, he's happy where he is. It's great that we're winning. Um, and it's a compliment that, that people want your coach. Um, and so take it as that and enjoy, <laughs> enjoy yeah. the wins. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's an exciting season. Yeah. Um, but I, I, he, he loves Auburn and I don't think has, um, any intention of going anywhere. So. Um, I've joked with people that I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm like, we'll, we'll, we'll really know where Auburn bat, how far Auburn basketball's come when they have a down year. Yeah. Um, you know, like, and I almost don't even count last year because of, there was COVID and, and I think and nobody kind of really looks a lot into that. Um, uh, not to mention Auburn was incredibly young, but I'm like, let's see when they have a down year, you know, what the reaction is, to, you know, because that, that's when you see the passion is their apathy versus passion and all that. But Bruce just won't have a down year. Like, he, you know, he said he went regular season championship, final four, number two seed in the tournament, COVID year, which, okay, let's just kind of, that's a, right. that's a mess anyway. And then now here we are and he's knocking on number one. I mean, it's yeah. been, uh, I mean, it's now been, if you take away the COVID, your four straight years of, of not just good basketball, great basketball. Right. Um, it's been incredible. So I keep waiting for just that so-so, you know, 20 and 10 or something and see how fans react. You know, my guess is he'll go, he could go 18 and 16 and fans would be like, no, that's okay. Look, totally <laughs> 10, fine. It's 10 totally years fine. ago, we were, we were below 500. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, no I mean, fine. you're right. It's, it's in the challenging times where you see um, what true fandom looks like. And, you know, we just hope that, that he, um, listen, do we want to have a down year? No. Is it? Yeah. possible that it will ever happen 100%. So um, I remember in the early days, you know, when we would win a couple games and people would get so excited, then we'd lose a couple games and people would go nuts. And I'm like, guys, yeah. <laughs> relax, take deep breaths in yeah. and out. Um, no, down years will happen. And, and we always, uh, we always joke in our family that when you're winning, they they're begging you to stay. And when you're losing, they're packing your bags, trying to get you out of town. So we, uh, we hope that y'all love us and, and him and Steven enough to, to not pack bags for us to show us out of town anytime soon. Look, I'm telling you, I mean, it, there, there's not a coach on that campus. I mean, if, if anybody, I'm just telling you from the reaction we see from people, <laughs> there's anybody that comes in between Bruce and what he wants like it's like Bruce wants Bruce could whatever Bruce wants uh you know a brand new Marvel Coliseum and and people will be like get it to him or like okay you need to go let's find somebody who's gonna give that to Bruce um, it's just hilarious it's gonna be how how weird is it gonna be you're gonna show up and his name's gonna be on the court or he's gonna have a statue out there I mean you know what all he's ever wanted is a street named after him on a campus that he's worked you don't need the court you don't need the statue he wants a Bruce Pearl Boulevard somewhere on Auburn campus that should have already happened. <laughs> now that's easy that should have already happened we got to make that's, that happen he's a simple man that's all he wants um, and maybe a sandwich named after him at Mama Goldberg's he'd take oh, that too. seriously that's stuff that's <laughs> yeah that's way past um love Mama G's um well man thanks for so much Thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, my pleasure. Great conversation. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, 
Make sure you're following Jackie on Twitter because it's awesome. It's a ride. Um, not taking any crap uh, from anybody. This last week was interesting with the ranking, and boy, whoo. I said I, I I felt bad for that that the, the guy who who ranked Auburn ninth. I was like, oh God bless you, man, because you're gonna have a rough day. I know. I I say it and I say it with love. Auburn Twitter fans are unapologetically petty, and I am here <laughs> for all of it. Here for all of it. Keep it up. They are. All right. Thanks for joining us. Um, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, AuburnLive.com. If you're not a subscriber, please go do that. Follow Jackie on Twitter. Um, and uh and um yeah be a, be a part of the site be a part of auburn basketball auburn kentucky noon cbs big game big game big game on saturday so that's gonna be crazy all right jackie uh we'll see ya all right justin thanks where you go all right where you go lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.